live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Let's go behind the numbers, and let me give you what I think is is, is good news in connection with our ongoing battle against the spread of coronavirus in Wisconsin. And that's what I'm, I'm focusing on. I'm not talking about New York or New Jersey or Detroit. It's what we are doing now. Okay, the reality is that in a population of 5.8-plus million people, the number of positive tests are for coronavirus. And I look, and I understand that the numbers could could be greater. There might be people who haven't been able to get the tests. There might be people who are asymptomatic or who have perhaps have coronavirus, but it's so mild that they just you know they haven't been seen to get the test. But the positive tests in a na- in a state of over 5.8 million people, as of as of yesterday afternoon, it's kind of tough to keep track of the numbers because some counties report them and then the state reports them and the counties might have different numbers. But but looking at the numbers I'm looking at, positive tests um, for coronavirus as of this morning, 3,625 out of a population of 5.8 million. So statistically, and look, and I understand it's no comfort to somebody who, particularly somebody who's been, you know, hospitalized, one of the thousand plus people who were hospitalized with coronavirus. I understand that's no sympathy, but statistically, th- those numbers are good. And whether it's because safer at home is working or people are paying attention and maintaining social distancing, the bottom line is we have not seen an exponential increase in the, the number of people with coronavirus. On top of that, the hospitals are now starting to come out with, with data indicating that they're, they're, they've treated people and, and they're discharging people. Um, you know, Aurora yesterday said, hey, we know we're, you know, we're getting ready to, you know, announce our, our thousandth patient discharge. Um, freighter, the same thing. So, I mean, people, even if they're hospitalized, lots of people are, in fact, getting better. That's all good news. The number of people who've tested negative, in other words, they've gone in with symptoms, but they've tested negative, it, it's north of 38,000 people. So, and, and, th- and one of the things I think that's particularly difficult with this coronavirus hitting now is it's the end of the cold and flu season. So there's a lot of people who might have symptoms, or at least some of the symptoms of COVID-19, and thankfully they, they, they don't have, have that. Negative tests over 38,000. Here's one of the more intriguing numbers, because to me it's relevant as to when we start loosening up restrictions that the government is imposing and letting people start opening their doors and and conducting business again. And we always talk about flattening the curve. You know, we, we, we want to make sure the hospital system isn't overwhelmed. And so what you do is you look at the number of of positive tests. Is that growing or not? 
Now, the, the way I calculate it, the difference between yesterday or Monday and, and this morning, in the whole state of Wisconsin, there were about 142 new cases. And again, that, that varies a little bit because the counties report their numbers at different times. But uh, 142 new cases between Monday and, and this morning. Um, that's a 4.1% rise in cases, but it's not an exponential increase day after day. It's not like there were, there were 50 one day and then all of a sudden now you're, you've got three times as many. It, it's a flat sort of thing. Interestingly, too, that of those 140 new cases, 140 new cases, almost half came from Milwaukee County. If you look at like the county by county numbers, for example, in the last day and a half, no new reported cases in Dodge County, no new reported cases in Jefferson County. Um, let's see, no new reported cases in Sheboygan County, no new reported cases in Washington County, six new cases in Waukesha, seven in Walworth County, uh, dot, 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 four new cases in Kenosha, uh, Fond du Lac, two new cases. But the point is, and now Milwaukee is up, so it looks like, you know, Milwaukee County, where you've had about half of the reported coronavirus cases statewide, you know, they're, they're still seeing larger numbers, and I, I don't know where they're coming from. My guess is, again, it, it's more from the city of Milwaukee than probably the suburbs. But the bigger point is, if you look at the overall numbers, it is very clear that the instance of coronavirus is appearing to stabilize, uh, particularly outside of Milwaukee County. And, I, and I'm not saying it's, it's going down, but you're, you're looking, you're not seeing, gee, we, we, we had 50 cases in Ozaki County two days ago, and now we've got 75 or 80. It appears to have stabilized. That tells me that people are taking safer at home seriously, and that is a, a very, very good thing. Also, regardless of where you are in the state, the healthcare system has not been overwhelmed. Matter of fact, if you talk to some people at hospitals, and we discussed this yesterday, they, they have, at this point in time, they have excess capacity because what they've done is they, they've stopped doing other sorts of procedures and that they're in the process where they already have of converted like their operating rooms or recovery rooms or whatever into areas that they could turn into, you know, by ICU facilities if they need it. Thankfully, they haven't needed it. And then, of course, you've got what they're doing at State Fair Park and what they're doing at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, where they're turning these into overflow areas should you see a spike in coronavirus cases requiring more hospitalization than the system can handle. That that has not happened yet, and and I and I say yet, it maybe it'll happen in the future, but right now that is not the trend. So that's where we stand with the numbers, and I actually think that that is that is a very encouraging sort of thing. So all right, Governor Evers, yesterday afternoon, you know, addresses the question that is on everybody's mind, which is when are we going to start lifting the safer at home? requirements when it comes to businesses when are we going to start allowing businesses to reopen and again i I understand it's going to be different for different businesses now he says first of all he says he he he's pretty much convinced schools are not going to reopen for the balance of this school year and i mean i i understand that the idea of you know kids being within two feet of each other in in these germ factories that are the school systems i i get that 
As I have been arguing for a few weeks, though, the thing that I have tougher time understanding is ordering certain businesses, for example, to be closed when there's really not a great likelihood, at least in my opinion, that they're going to be hotbeds for, for spreading coronavirus. That The example I always give is the dog rumor, okay, who might have, you know, a handful of people that are going to come into, you know, his or her shop during the course of, of the day. It, it's really not likely that they are going to be spreading coronavirus, but yet they're ordered closed. So anyhow, Governor Evers says the way he's looking at it, he thinks it will be weeks or at least a month before he considers reducing the safer-at-home guidelines. Now, the way the law works is he has he can extend his order till about mid-May without having legislative approval. After that, under the law, he needs the legislature to weigh in. And it sounds to me like he's planning to use as much time as he has to keep the state closed. All right, our number... 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Obviously, the reopenings will be slower. But given the fact that it appears that there is little or no growth in the instances of people who are being diagnosed with coronavirus outside a few areas of the state, I mean, my question to you, and it's a sincere one, is if we really tell all these places that they've got to be closed for another month, what 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 is the state going to look like you know when we finally say okay we're going to we're going to lift the curtain and we're going to let people you know start going back i mean i seriously wonder you know what is going to happen and how many businesses aren't going to be there anymore and how many people who have not been able to go to work because their places of employment are closed how many people will have blown through their their stimulus checks and will be in a situation where they're saying hey how am i going to pay my rent how am i going to feed my family our number 855-616-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line and again i would never encourage people to be irresponsible at the same time All right, if we really close this entire state for another month plus, you know, what's the state going to look like after that month? And how is this going to affect the people who have been out of work or furloughed or laid off or fired or whatever term you want if a lot of these businesses that have been shut down aren't going to be in a position to reopen anyways. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And, and one final thought before we take the break and then take the calls. Even if Governor Evers were to come out tomorrow, which he's not going to do, and say, okay, I'm going to allow the gradual reopening of the state, people are still going to be smart. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, Even if you were to open bars tomorrow, do you think that you'd have hundreds of people that would be rushing in to stand shoulder to shoulder in a bar? And the, the answer is is no. I think those of us, or at least the vast majority of us in the state, are, are taking this very, very seriously. And even if you allowed businesses to reopen, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't be taking social distancing um, seriously. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What's the state going to look like if we keep it closed for another month? Back with your calls in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's a text, Jeff. 
Jackson County, Wisconsin. Ten confirmed COVID-19 cases, two hospitalizations, zero deaths. Every bar, supper club, specialty store, literally every merchant on Main Street closed. How is this fair to our rural communities? And I guess, see, that's that's my point. If All right, if we're saying the vast majority of the increase in COVID-19 cases is now coming from the city of Milwaukee or Milwaukee County, why... How can we justify keeping Jackson County closed for, uh, again, another month? Jeff, I own a bar. I won't make it another month. And see, that's that's what kind of concerns me about a lot of stuff that's out there. I was reading something last night, and I'm, I'm not going to mention the restaurant, but it's a restaurant that I've been going to for, oh, gosh, going on 35, 40 years. All right? Small restaurant in, in Milwaukee. And they're saying that they think they can stay open for about another week, and then they're going to have to close, and they perhaps will have to close for good. At some point in time, what what is the state going to look like if we continue to just have the entire state ordered closed? 855-616-1620. Dan on the south side. Dan, you're first. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you today? Good. What do you think? What What's going to happen? Can we stay closed? Can we keep the whole state closed for another month? Um, I, I sort of agree with you. Um, uh, I was telling your screener that instead of the government or the president or whoever, public official telling us about when we're going to open, I think the public will determine whether or not we're going to open. I believe that's what you were saying. You know, you open up your bar and you can hang a shingle up, but if no one comes in, you're you're open, but you're not really open. Right. And secondly, secondly, I, I, I think we, instead of setting a date, um, we got to kind of, the, the cart before the horse here, wouldn't it make more sense to get, uh, I believe Dr. Fauci mentioned yesterday, we don't have an antibody test. We don't have enough testing in general just to determine whether people have COVID or not. Uh, we don't have contact tracing set up. Instead of, instead of setting a data without knowing any of these things that are unknown, how about we get all of our ducks in a row and then magically the, the date will appear instead of setting a date that we can't possibly, you know, it's the, 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 the square peg in the round hole kind of thing. Let's get our ducks in a row and then naturally things will occur and people will have the confidence if they can get tested or whatever to go out. Otherwise, just opening a restaurant up in today's society, nobody's going to go. Well, I think thanks for call. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that nobody's going to go, but but here's I mean, here's what I think is going to happen. If you were to say, all right, next next Thursday, we're going to allow restaurants to open. All right. There's a lot of people that wouldn't go, period. And, and that's the decision they're going to make. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people. They're not going to be going. I don't care whether the, the businesses are open or not. They're, they're not going to be going out for the foreseeable future. Months, you know, who, who knows how long. And that's fine. The marketplace is going to take care of that. The smart restaurateurs, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be saying, okay, look, it's not business as usual. We're going to have to, our servers are going to have to wear masks. We're going to have, have to have like half the capacity and, and tables and, and things like that, you know, people are going to have to uh, adapt, but it is going to be sort of a, a free market thing. Now, as far as like the, the added testing and all that, I the problem is we're, we're a ways away from that. I mean, we're, we're months away from that. So I guess my question is, if our goal has always been to flatten the curve, to make, because again, I keep saying this, coronavirus is going to be with us for another year or year and a half till you get a cure till you get a treatment until you get a vaccine 
Okay, so if that's the reality, the goal has always been let's let's stop the incidents from overwhelming the, the hospital system, and and so far in Wisconsin we, we we've done a pretty good job of that. So I guess the the deal is if if we have large portions of this state that that just because the incidents of this have been so small that there's no danger the system's overwhelmed, what, why don't we allow them to open up? Now, I understand the argument is, well, if you, if you let, if you let some place, if you let the dog groomer in Manitowoc, you know, open up, all the people from Milwaukee are going to flock up there and going to bring coronavirus. I, I'm not sure how that translates in, into the real world, but, but you continue to, to monitor it. And if you see a, another outbreak, well, okay, then maybe you have to say, all right, we're, we've got to you know, put down you know, restrictions in the area where there's hot spots. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Gary in Germantown. Gary, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for taking Thank my you. call. Um, my, my comment sure. is I work in a business park at a stamping company off of Macmillan Road in Germantown, and I'm out at lunch right now. I parked my car. I drove around. Every single business has cars in the parking lot. Most of them look like it's business as usual. I know at my place it's business as usual. There is no uh, social distancing. There is no masks. We share mice. We share keyboards. It is one of the most unsanitary places that you can imagine. And me and my wife both get up every day and go to work. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay, well, thanks for calling. I mean, so, I mean, if I were you, I, I guess I, if that, if that bar owner that, that texted me earlier on is listening to that, I'm sure his reaction is, Wait, wait, wait a second. You know, Gary is, is working in this manufacturing facility and you've got all this close proximity and all this stuff. Um, and, and, and he's working and you've got the government that's told me I have to, I have to shut down or the government's saying to all the barbers and the hairstylists out there, you, you, you have to shut down. I, th- there is, and, and you know, I've talked about this before, the, the inconsistency between what is an essential business and what isn't just makes no sense to me, which is why to me, if you're deciding what businesses to close down and what to open, the, the, the criteria should be if we allow this business to open, is there a likelihood that it's going to contribute to the spread of, of coronavirus? To me, you know, that, that is the question. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The, the governor is saying it, it might be another month before he even considers allowing more businesses to open up. I... I'm, I don't think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of businesses out there that aren't going to be able to make it a month. Should we care about that? We continue the conversation in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're on the line, please hold on. Let me just share some of the texts that have been coming in. Jeff, if you work in an industry like a, the public sector that doesn't need to produce something and still get paid, it might make sense to shut down indefinitely. If you need to produce some good or service to get paid, it doesn't sound like a very good plan. Here's a text, Jeff. It would be nice if you could run a segment that would have restaurant owners and other small business owners call in, voice their opinion on whether they can last another four weeks. Well, that absolutely. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, I just... I don't know what, if we require all these small businesses 
to stay closed for another month, particularly throughout the bulk of the state where it does not appear that there is any exponential growth or in some cases any increase at all in cases of coronavirus, I, I wonder what it's going to, to look like. Um, Jeff, I tell you what Wisconsinites would look like after another month. Angry. Um, well, I don't know, possibly. Uh, Jeff, don't be so sure that this isn't the goal of some in government to destroy the economy, depleting wealth, making people absolutely dependent on government. Now, see, I don't, I, I don't think that. I, I think what happens is we're trying to balance the, the public health concern with the, the economic effects. But at some point in time, you've got to be realistic because if you want absolute safety, you're, you're not going to reopen anything until you, you get a vaccine or you get a, a treatment. But but you can't leave stuff closed for, for a year. It's why I, I think you need to be smart about it. You need to be systematic about it. And you need to – Wisconsin's a big state. You, you need to start looking at all these communities where there's little or no instance of coronavirus and saying, all right, may, maybe we need to treat these areas differently than we treat the areas where there has been an outbreak of this, and we need to monitor those areas because maybe what is going to happen is, you know, maybe everybody from, I don't know, the city of Milwaukee is going to rush up to get their hair cut, like I say in Marinette. I don't think so, but if that then causes this sudden outburst of coronavirus in in Marinette, then okay, then you move to plan B. Maybe you need to shut stuff down again. I just don't think that that's that's going to happen. Um, Jeff, um, I live in Shawano. We have five cases, last I heard. My fear is that if the state opens too, too soon, people with lake homes, cottages, and permanent campsites will start flocking up here, spreading the disease. Okay, and I, I understand that, but, but when we talk about spreading the disease, 5.8 million people in the state of Wisconsin, 36, 3,700 cases. Statistically, it's not like we've been bombed by this, this disease. And I think it's partly because social distancing, all those types of stuff. It's partly because we don't have the areas of the population density like you do in, in New York. But but everything is different. Parts of the state are different, and Wisconsin is much different than New Jersey. Um, Jeff, uh, we do not have situational awareness. We will suffer more collateral damage because of keeping the state closed. Small businesses, farms, a whole generation of school kids. Jeff, Wisconsin closed for another month. Yikes, there won't be much business left for remaining employees to return to. Well, um, yes, I think that's the the case. Um, Jeff, there is zero balancing you know, going on. And, and again, it's you, you've got to right now we're, we're all in on the, the whole notion of, of we want safe and we want safer at home. And, and again, I, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but the other reality of this is that even if if you allow barbershops to open up and dog groomers and the picture frame shop and the party store to open up, there, there's. People are still going to use their common sense. My guess is that those businesses, they're going to open up and they're going to do the social distancing just like the businesses that we're allowing to be open. Because if they don't, people aren't going to be comfortable going to them. And there's going to be a lot of people that just aren't going to be comfortable going to them regardless. So that's the challenge. 855-616-1620. Jeff in Waukesha. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, if we go past 24... If we go past the 24th of this shutdown, it's gonna, it's gonna be a catastrophic failure of, of just many, many, many businesses. And what has to be done here is they have to be opened up, 
but they've got to manage the problem. And I look at behemoths like Costco and Walmart, Target, Walgreens. I mean, they're all open, and nobody's going in there dying of coronavirus. They're managing the problem. They're practicing, yes. so, practicing social distancing. They're disinfecting things. There's no reason that Joe's Corner Barbershop or uh, yep. Bob and Sally's Corner Bar and Grill can't do the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I, I, yeah, I see. I, I agree with you. Why are we picking the winners and losers? Why are we saying, okay, I, and look, and I'm not arguing to close the hardware store. I'm glad my local hardware store is open. Okay, or I'm glad but my local paint store is open. Right, exactly. That, that, thanks for the call. See, that, that's it. Right. Why do we assume that these other places aren't going to be able to make it work? Now, I understand it is a different dynamic when we start talking about, okay, the, the large gatherings. That, that, that's a whole different question. And, and honestly, I am less concerned with, gee, when can we let people go play pickup basketball you know, in the park? You know, five on five. I'm less concerned with that than I am about not killing all these businesses, and, and I say small or in some cases larger businesses that have been forced to close while we let others open up, particularly in parts of the state where we haven't seen it's not leveling the curve. There, there's no curve. There's no significant incidence of COVID 19. Doesn't mean that there might not be, and I'm not saying that you ignore this, but how long do you make the entire state of Wisconsin stay closed? on the possibility that, gee, something might happen. I think, actually, we give people a lot of credit. I think people are kind of tuned in right now to the whole idea of social distancing and keeping their distance, and, and that's that's going to be a reality, and, and that's a good thing, washing their hands. I mean, I think a lot of the things that many of us are practicing now much more religiously than we, we used to practice, I, I think that that's going to be a good thing moving forward. I just want there to be something left for us to open into. Mary in Port Washington. Hi, Mary. You're on WTMJ. Hi, good morning or afternoon. Hi. Good I'm afternoon. listening to all the different callers before me, and what I was originally going to say, it's kind of changed. So... We're lucky in Wisconsin. We're lucky when this happened because all the people that traveled for spring break didn't go. Imagine right. if we had closed down a month later. We would have had a lot more COVID because people would have been all over the country. But what concerns me is some of the science part, like that guy who called in and said, well, we're not following the rules. Well, there's your answer. Gary over in Germantown. They are going to work, and nobody's doing what they're supposed to do, and that's the problem. Now, as far as the businesses go, it's heartbreaking. And I hate being inside. I hate being at home. I hate being stuck. It's not even about the local bar. It's about the fact I can't go anywhere. That is driving me more crazy than anything. The financial aspect that you're talking about, every single person in this country is facing. So sometimes I hear you say, Wisconsin, I'm like, it's no different. The people in Minnesota aren't suffering less. Well, no, but there's a different, but no, but, but what I mean is there's, there's different levels of the outbreak. I mean, yeah. New York City is an epicenter. You know, New Orleans is an epicenter. Right. Uh, Jackson County, Wisconsin isn't. That, that's what I'm trying to make. It's, it's different areas well, no, have been hit in different perspectives. Yeah. Um, my, I don't disagree with a lot of the things you're saying. What I want to remind everybody is that if we don't all stick together, even as a state, whether or not we like some of the rules, if we don't come together as a group, we're going to end up shooting ourselves in the foot. I, I feel like we're going to end up like those people who are arguing about the measles vaccine. Do I need it? Nobody gets it. Well, yeah, because everybody took the shot. Right. It's more right. important. You were talking about what life is going to look like. 
it's more important that everybody right. remembers because there are a lot of people. You know, I still go in Costco and they're not wearing their masks. And we all know now it hangs in the air. The science has really accelerated since the beginning of this quarantine. You and I both know so many more things. And there are people who are willing to take chances. I'm mad that I have to stay in because some people aren't following the rules. And I mm-hmm. think it would be great. I want to get my hair done. I want to take my dog out. I'm all in support of that. The biggest concern I have on all of this is this secondary reinfection. And I'm watching Wuhan, and they're already getting pockets, and they've only been open a week. And I know there's a lot more people, and you extrapolate numbers. The secondary thing that I wanted to remind you of is that this thought that the virus affects minority people at a much higher rate is being played out in Milwaukee. And that is sadly one of the reasons you're seeing such a high rate. It's not even density. It is the effect it's having on African-Americans and Native Americans. And mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I feel bad. I, I don't understand why one particular group is, what is it? In Chicago, there's 30% of the population and 68% of the deaths. Yeah, that's I would. Thank, thanks, thanks for the call. I mean, it is a number, and, and I, I think that's something to study. My, my sense is it does have, it does have to do a little bit in at least in Wisconsin. Let's talk about Milwaukee with density, because some of the areas where there have been the greatest outbreaks, including the African American community, you have a higher percentage of population more dense. I, I think it's also the reflection that there are certain groups who, for whatever reason, the lack of access to health care or more significant pre-existing conditions and things like that. I mean, look, you've got 170 ballpark deaths in, in the state of Wisconsin due to, to COVID-19, and I'm not minimizing that number at all, but certainly not all, but a lot of the deaths occur, again, with people who have pre-existing sort of conditions, you know, whether it's hypertension or whether it's diabetes, et cetera, pre-existing health conditions or people who are are older and, and have, you know, compromised immune systems. You had several deaths in, in Ozaki County, but most of those were at a, at a particular like hospice um, elder care facility where it, it got in. And that that's, of course, an area that you got to be very sympathetic to. But, I mean, I guess I, I'm not surprised in some respects. It is unfortunate, and I think it raises that larger question about why are some of minority populations so much more vulnerable to something like this. And I'll, I'll leave that to people a lot smarter than me to, to solve it. I guess I just look at this, and I think we, we've to, – to just simply say we're going to keep the state closed for another month – to me, makes no sense. You've got to continue to to watch the numbers and and look after you know after this election. You know who knows? Maybe there's going to be a spike in a week. All right. Maybe, maybe once we hit the two week point, you're you're going to see that this massive spike. At the same time, if you don't see a massive spike, if we could run the election, for example, with the social distancing rules that we had and not see a giant spike in COVID-19, what then would be the justification to say to, I don't know, Frank's hair, hair, you know, Frank the barber or to, you know, Louise the dog groomer or to, you know, um, Henrietta who runs the Hallmark store or somebody else that, that you can't open up your businesses. That we just got to be smart about it. That that's all. As opposed to just here, we're going to keep everything shut down for a month. Because I tell you, if you keep everything shut down a month, I don't know what it's going to look like. There's just a lot of businesses that aren't going to make it that long, and that would be unfortunate as well. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
The CDC is actually, and, and I understand that the people feel differently about President Trump. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about a couple things that he did yesterday that had me violating my promise that I was going to try not to take the Lord's name in vain. We will discuss that. But 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 they're working on criteria. Now, that doesn't mean that the governors have to adopt it. But the 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 some of the things they're looking at are that the incidence of infection is genuinely low. For example, most of Wisconsin right now, it is genuinely low that you have a, a system of monitoring that's capable of detecting an increase in incidence of infection. So if suddenly you open up in a particular area and you see, boom, we, we've got a, a problem. A public health system that is reacting robustly to cases and has a capacity to react to an increase in cases. And that, that's reasonable, too. In Wisconsin, we, we, have, we have not had hospital systems overwhelmed. Matter of fact, you talk to people in the, in the medical field, you, you've got hospitals that are cutting back hours and looking at layoffs because what they've done is they've converted a lot of their facilities into areas to be prepared for if there is a surge, which has not happened as of yet. So, you know, they're, they're not doing the elective surgeries. They're, they're not seeing patients for routine kind of things. We've essentially got the medical system largely on hold in this state, except for extremely critical care types of things, um, waiting for a, a potential surge, which at th- this point in time, you know, ha- hasn't happened. And that's a good thing. It, it's a good thing, but we, we've got that capacity, and then they say a health system that has enough inpatient beds and staffing to scale up and deal if there is a surge. All those things, I, I think, are, are reasonable sort of criteria to to monitor, and once we hit that point, it doesn't make any sense to me to continue to say, okay, well, Wisconsin has to be closed for business. To give you an idea, let me see. Let me just pull this up here. Um, stock market down 500 points today. What, why is it down 500 points? What, what has happened? Because some, see, sometimes it's just pure panic. Other times it's things going on. Well, one of the reasons the stock market is down 500 points today is the, the March retail numbers are out, and they are abysmal. Retail sales plunged in, in March, um, showing what the coronavirus's impact has been on consumer spending. I, I just saw Best Buy laid off. Best Buy stores have been closed since I, I think it's March 21st. Best Buy stores all across the country have been closed. They just announced today, and they've been trying to keep their employees on, on some form of salary. They just announced that half of their employees are being furloughed, and, and they don't know when they're going to be able to, to bring them back. So, I mean, you're just seeing you know one retail operation after another that's just getting killed by this. There are some large department stores, and I know I talk primarily about the smaller local businesses, but but um, J.C. Penney's, J.C. Penney's and, and Macy's, it's it's fifty-fifty, you know, six-five pick 'em as to whether or not th- these companies are ever going to reopen again because they were facing all sorts of huge cash flow problems to begin with, and now you know you you look at what the retail landscape is going to look like moving forward. Because like I say, you you can open up the department store, but I, my guess is it's going to be a long time before people start flocking back in in large numbers. So you, you know, you're looking at the, the economic effect of this, people losing jobs, and, and yeah, you, you can file unemployment claims, but, but that's only going to take you so far. So we, we've, we're in a race to survive. 
you know, economically. And you don't want to risk people's lives. I fully understand that. But at the same time, there needs to be a priority in saying, look, at some point in time, we, we've, got to, we've got to allow people to start running their businesses again. All right, when we come back, boy, there are a couple things President Trump did yesterday that just have me shaking my head. We will discuss a couple of them. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. If you think the press conferences that the president has been having every night are a train wreck, well, you you haven't seen anything yet. Now, let me, let me just kind of back into this. I, I admit that... I have started watching these. I, I said I was telling you this story yesterday about how my, my routine has a little bit changed since we're broadcasting from home and stuff like that. But uh, we, we've been eating dinner earlier, and so what typically happens is I don't know around five or five thirty or so. You know, we'll we'll sit down to dinner and we'll have the television on in the background, and you'll have the the press conference that'll be going, and I'll listen to the president, and then you know you finish dinner, you you do the dishes. You, you know, kind of hang out, and the, the press conference is still going on and on and on. And, and I understand if you are a regular listener of the program, and maybe you agree with me or maybe disagree, but I, I think I think the president hurts himself with the, these press conferences. I, I think, you know, what, what happens is he... he belittles himself um, by, by engaging. You've got all these reporters that are out there that are trying to... Uh, make him look bad, and so they're asking him loaded questions that they know are going to set him off, and then he rises to the bait, and you've got this this back and forth, and then they go on forever. I mean, it just, I mean, sometimes it'll kind of be, okay, we, we've had dinner, the press conference is going on here, I've got to run an errand, or I've got to take a walk, and you come back, and the thing is still going on, and it's just kind of give and take. I think that there is a role, of course, in informing the American people about the numbers and things like that, but you, you do it I would say like in a 10-minute thing and you let the vice president do it and maybe if you're the president you come out and you know once a week you you know give the kind of big picture thing and we're going to all get through this together but that's not what happens we have this like ongoing debate that plays out on national TV an hour and a half or sometimes like a couple of nights ago two and a half hours one of our, our texters yesterday when we were talking about this said he was amazed at the president's bladder control. Yeah, he's, he's there for two and a half hours, for goodness sakes, with little or, or no break. I mean, it, it's almost like this endurance kind of thing. So, I mean, if the president were taking advice from me, which he's not, I'm not sure he takes advice from anybody, my, my advice would be just, just dial back these press conferences. Well, okay, if you think the press conferences were a bad idea, I am genuinely curious about this. It's being reported, so take it with a grain of salt, but the Washington Post and other outlets have, and the New York Times have this story that apparently in early March, the president had, had this idea. And what the president wanted to do is he wanted to start his own White House talk radio show. Two hours a day, seven days a week. Two hours, and we're talking seven days a week. The President of the United States, um, well, here's the way they report it. At the time the coronavirus was rapidly spreading across the country, Mr. Trump would soon announce a ban on European travel. A talk radio show, he explained, would allow him to quell Americans' fears and answer their questions about the pandemic. All right, there would, there would be no call screening. 
and I know my producer grew back at the station is, is just rolling his eyes at this. There would be no call screening, just an open line for people to call and engage the one-on-one with the president. So in other words, like when you call our station, my, my producer answers the phone. He finds out what you want to say, and he determines you know, who gets on the air or, or, or not, or at least which calls he, he ends up putting through. The president didn't want to do that. He was just going to apparently take calls blindly. <laughs> The phone rings. Here, who are you? Where are you calling from? Gee, what could possibly go wrong with that? But he was going to do that for two hours a day. And the way the story reads is is the only reason he decided that he didn't want to do that was because he was afraid. You know, Rush Limbaugh is one of his, his biggest fans and supporters, and he didn't want to cut into Limbaugh's off, uh, audience. Okay, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I admit, when I saw this story, and I saw it in a couple different outlets, um, I, I'm trying not to take the Lord's name in vain. I, I, I failed. <laughs> I, I, I just failed because I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is the leader of the free world who has a million things on on his plate. You know, namely, okay, we're starting with, you know, you know the, the spread of coronavirus and shutting down the economy, not to mention then what are we going to do with China and what are we going to do with all this other stuff. And he thinks it's a good idea to take two hours out of his day, seven days a week, and answer unscreened phone calls from the American public. You know, if you want to talk about something that would be just a complete and total crap show, that that would be it. And I'm not saying it wouldn't attract people. I, I, my guess is people would tune in just to hear what was going to happen. But but that was the idea. All right, just one segment, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, the president apparently was serious about thinking he should be doing a two-hour White House-based radio talk show to answer questions that people, well, they weren't going to screen him, so Lord knows what the questions would be. I, I have a pretty good idea of where some of them would go. But he thinks that that would have been, he was at least seriously thinking that that would be a good idea. Would something like that help the president communicate his ideas, get his position across, and bypass the mainstream media? Or would that have just been, in the scheme of bad ideas, if holding these two-and-a-half-hour press conferences every night is bad, would that have raised bad to an art form? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Low text Line. Two hours, radio talk show, open lines, call up the President of the United States seven days a week. What do you think about that idea? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're on the line, please hold on. We discuss in just a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're just tuning in, uh, a number of news outlets are reporting that in, in early March, President Trump apparently seriously was pushing the idea that he wanted to start his own radio talk show, two hours a day, seven days a week, um, unscreened, just just the president taking phone calls, and you know, and anybody could call in, you know, didn't didn't have to get screened or whatever. And the, the story is the reason he, he decided not to is because he didn't want to compete with you know Rush Limbaugh, who's been one of the people that's been a, a big supporter of President Trump. But otherwise, he thought this would be a good idea. So, in other words, those 
those those press conferences you see every night, it, it would be playing out on the radio two hours a day. My my first question is, of course, where are you going to get the time? I mean, it, it's just. I mean, I understand that there's some people who think that to do a radio show, you just kind of like plop down and then like, turn on your microphone and you're there. Most people prepare for it a little bit or prepare for it, in my case, like a lot. Okay, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The mainstream media vendetta against President Trump is obvious. It's a text. But to have a daily radio program would be an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I think there might be an element to that. Jeff, it would... It would, <laughs> this would be a radio version of the Jerry Springer show. Um, you know, that's, there is an element of that as well. Jeff, that sounds like an idea to be turned into an SNL skit with, skit with Alec Baldwin, although it wouldn't be as funny as the real thing would have been. 855-616-1620. Okay, let's start with Pete in Lake Geneva. Pete, you're on WTMJ. Well, I thought I thought the same thing. It would it would be a total dumpster fire, but the best dumpster fire ever to watch. Well, Me, at least at with, least the first along time. With the, yeah, along with the every comedy writer in the nation would have a field day with that. I, right, and I, I'm trying to. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like kind of play this out because apparently the president was serious about this and. I mean, I understand, you know, wanting to communicate things, but you're just, you're just going to take the first phone call that, that comes in. Can you imagine what that phone call is going to be? You know, you're, Ooh, you know can, you're going I have, to have, I have plenty yeah. of I have plenty of things that yeah. I can imagine that people would call up. And I think yeah. I think questions would probably be the least of his worries. Well, it, it, exactly. It would just be one that I, you know, sometimes. Thanks a lot for the call, Pete. I can tell you sometimes. I, I will I will come up with topics, and I'll think, you know, that I think this might be good. It could work, but, you know, I also realize that there is the potential that this could just go off the rails quickly. And one of the great things about working at WTMJ is all my various bosses over the years have always given me the freedom to, to do that, recognizing that, okay, tr- try this. If it goes off the rails, it, it goes off the rails, and then you know we, we learn from that. That happens from from time to time. Not so much you know nowadays, because my but but I'm just thinking, man, you want to talk about something that would be going off the rails quickly? Un, the president of the United States just picking up the phone on a radio show and just you know just talking to whoever. John and Racine. John, you're on WTMJ. Hey Jeff, he wouldn't need three second delay for that either, would he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 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 that's boy. That that would be it too. There, there'd be a lot of hitting the dump button. I would imagine on that thing. Well, <laughs> you know? and, the, and the thing is, if you know it really takes off, you can go pay per view. Oh, well, you know, it, it's look, and I mean, I I understand this this idea that you want to communicate with the American people, and and I get the idea that you want to be able to talk directly to the American people and and have to bypass the mainstream media, but. For goodness sakes, I, 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 and apparently he was serious about this, but for, you know, some other considerations. I'm just trying to imagine if you're one of the advisors in the room and you're hearing, well, Mr. President, you want to spend two hours of your, your day, you know, every day, seven days a week doing this? Huh. <laughs> Go figure. I, you made me laugh out loud, Jeff. Thank you, thank you for this <laughs> you're, you're You're welcome. Now, thanks for your call. And, and again, and it, it's like, and, and I... I am. I, I know. Whenever we go down this route, I, I get these emails saying, "Oh, Jeff, go work for MSNBC. You're you're picking on the president." I I have tried to be. I, I've tried to be 
as neutral as you can on this. And I, I'm not one of these people that I, I'm really not a Trump hater. I mean, I think he's done stuff that he deserves to get credit for. I think some of the criticism that he's getting with regard to how the coronavirus stuff has been handled is, is incredibly unfair. I, I, I believe that. I mean, you, you can say that collectively the world was slow to react and maybe – you know, maybe that's a point, and, and and I can see that, but that doesn't mean that it's all the president's fault, et cetera, et cetera. But th- these press conferences, I admit, ha- have just degenerated so much. And, I mean, if the press conferences be de- degenerated, imagine what trying to do a two-hour talk radio show every day would be, not to mention the fact that you're the leader of the free world, for goodness sakes. Okay, I, I, this is my job. I, I mean, I do a three-hour radio show five days a week. There's a ton of preparation time that goes into the thing, but it's my job. I'm not figuring out how to try to keep us out of a shooting war with North Korea on top of that. Dan and McGuanago. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Greatest idea ever. <laughs> he, he, uh, it's like a fireside, fireside chat who can only help his phone numbers. Do you think? <laughs> it's amazing. Think, really? This is the best topic <laughs> ever. <laughs> you're just you're, you're you're not you're not feeling it. I would see and people would I could see people would tune in the first time and then you, they just to watch it go off the rails and then it would go off no, the rails they, probably they about turn it all the time. Day. They'd have to. They'd have to call it King Bone Spears the first radio show. It'd be great. Oh, well, it, I mean, thanks, thanks for the call. It, 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 it's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. And and somebody will inevitably send me a text saying you're worried about the competition. No, I'm 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 not. <laughs> in, this, in this regard, it, it's just I'm thinking. I, I'm just. I mean, I'm listening to this whole thing and, and this plan, and I'm like, oh, okay, I. I just don't you don't you understand the the downside of what what could happen here, and I, I think you know part of the problem is, and it and it's it's a character flaw with the president, is that he he has this this insistence on on trying to prove himself right and kind of belittle his, his opponents, and that that kind of is what plays out in the that that kind of what plays out in the press conferences and stuff, and it, it and, and it's why. It's why things need to be focused. I, I think he's hurt himself over the years, over the last several years, with the, the lack of, of focus that, that's out there. And he would be so much better if he would come out. That's why, if you want to do these press conferences, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, you should, you should come out with a, a very narrowly scripted two, three, four minutes of, of talking points, probably a script. This is what I'm going to hit. Boom, boom, boom. This is my message to the American people today. And then, boom. I'm off the stage. Here comes the vice president who's, you know, doing a lot of the day-to-day stuff. Here comes the doctors. Boom. And then you get the whole thing done in 25 minutes, not, oh, gosh, hey, the president's coming on. Let's let's have dinner. Oh, now we've finished dinner. Let's do the dishes. Oh, the president, the press conference is still going on. Oh, we've now done the dishes. Let's play a couple board games. Oh, we finished Monopoly. The thing is still going on. Just saying, um, I'm not sure that the world actually needed a two-hour radio talk show by the President of the United States, which isn't to say, by the way, that um, if if results, if, if the outcome in November is not what, uh, for example, the President hopes it is, uh, maybe he's got a future doing talk radio. <laughs> so may, maybe this idea won't won't totally be, be dead. It just might be put on hold for a little while. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. 
Uh, stock market coming back a little bit. Uh, the Dow is down 361 points, but but most of the day it's been down over 500 points. The re- and who knows? There's another hour and a half before it closes. The the reason that it's down today is because. Not surprising, but bad economic news that uh, the the economy essentially came to a screeching halt in the middle of March. Retail down huge. Looking at a story, the, these airlines. I mean, I, I might go through it in the two o'clock hour of the program. The, the the travel industry in general, and the airlines in particular. You look at a lot of the the numbers, and it, it's just it's just scary. And it's not numbers that come from. I mean, it's not like the airlines aren't allowed to fly. Airlines are allowed to fly. It's that nobody is flying on airlines. And and first of all, I mean, right now, with everything shut down, there, there's nowhere to go. So, I mean, if you've got a vacation plan to Orlando to go to Disney World, well, okay, why bother? Because Disney World is closed down and will be for the foreseeable future, so you don't need to fly there. But but even you know business travel with businesses closed down and more people doing the whole telecommuting thing, it's just it's had a huge impact on air travel, and that's something that I, I don't know that people see how it's going to come out of of this in the short run. After nine eleven, for example, you know, air travel it just it cratered because people were afraid to fly. But but what happened is there there were things that you could do. You could say, okay, well we're gonna we are going to increase screening at TSA, and we're going to put air marshals on more of the planes, and we're going to reinforce the, the cockpits so that people, you know, a hijacker can't get in, and all those different types of things. And so there was stuff that you could actually do that would say, okay, well, it's safe to fly, or it's as reasonably safe to fly as possible. With coronavirus, it's, it's just a different dynamic because I think there's just going to be a lot of people for at least the foreseeable future, not everyone. But a lot of people who are just going to be saying, hey, I just I, I don't want to get in this this giant tube with 350 other people crammed in close together to, to go somewhere. I don't want to go through the airports. I mean, it's going to be as much of a psychological thing as anything. All right. Now, one of the things I've been trying to do on this program is we, we are in an unprecedented situation. There's lots and lots of, of bad news that's out there, even though at least in Wisconsin, if, if you look at the. The incidence of COVID-19, it appears to have to be dramatically, at least to me, leveling out. Not, not saying we're out of the woods, but it's leveling out, particularly in the vast majority of the state. There's a couple hot pockets, in, including you know, Milwaukee County, which continues to be you know a ver- very problematic. But you know we're even though I, it looks to me like right things are getting better, you know there's still there's still big concerns that are out there and you know you have people passing away and that's an unfortunate thing so we we talk about all the serious stuff at the same time i also try to focus on on some lighter stuff as well because i I just don't want to be sounding the doomsday clock for three hours a day five days a week one of the things that this this stay at home has undoubtedly caused us to do Spending more time, you know, with with our families and you know, with our with our pets and playing. I mean, we we play board games. My wife and I, you know, er, after dinner, we fire up board games for like a half hour or or an hour. It's just something that's become our ritual. And I know lots of people who are doing that as well. Sales of puzzles are big. I mean, they're they're having trouble keeping puzzles in stock. I mean, the old fashioned jigsaw puzzles. People love to do that. One of the things that you have undoubtedly done, or at least maybe many of you have done, is you're watching more TV. And as somebody who is a fan of television, the, the one thing that's going on here, especially with no sports on to distract me, I, I've been 
I've been looking at some of the different channels, and I've been trying to find shows that I haven't heard of before, for example, and and, 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 and watch them. And I've been doing some more binge watching and things like that. Now, it's it's easy to do that. I mean, when I was growing up, you had the, the three major channels. You had ABC, NBC, and you had CBS. You, you had public television, and then you had a couple of, like, the UHF channels. Like in Milwaukee, it was Channel 18 and 20, now, and 24. Now you've got this enormous number of choices that are out there. And really, the only limits on what you can watch are... Well, the amount of money that you're willing to spend and the amount of time that you have. So at the Wagner household, in addition to, you know, the, the, the cable, the, the plethora of cable channels, and, and we have HBO and we have Showtime, we also have Netflix. I was kind of late to the game with Netflix, but we've got Netflix. Since we have an Amazon Prime subscription, because I order stuff from Amazon, that means you have Amazon Prime. And last week, there was something, we did not have Hulu. There was something that my wife wanted to watch on Hulu, so I I set up Hulu, the streaming service, and I I set it up for the 30-day free trial. So I'm in that 30-day free trial, and and I have to decide whether I'm going to keep it. But, you know, there's all this stuff, and I admit, at night, sometimes I just sit in the chair, and I'm looking at the TV, and you're almost, at least I find myself, being kind of like overwhelmed by the different choices. The other thing that is apparent to me is how easy it is with all these streaming services to really get nickeled and dimed. You know, okay, I've got Netflix, and Netflix is X amount of dollars a month, and then you're paying for Hulu, and that's X amount of dollars a month. And then you've got Amazon Prime. Now the the TV thing comes with the Amazon Prime subscription. And then you've got your cable, and then you've got your your other stuff. So I, I do, there's all these choices that are out there, but at the same time, I, I keep telling myself I've got to focus more because, truthfully, we don't need all that we have. And, and I'm really not at a point right now where I want to kind of figure out what that is and, and what's got to go. But I recognize that what we have is just kind of like unsustainable. We've got all this different stuff. And, and once things start going back to normal, I, I think I'm going to be kind of going through this more critically, saying what do we really watch and what is it worth paying for? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to talk with you about your TV viewing, and that is, do you stream? Are you streaming more now that we're all sheltering in place or safer at home or whatever? And what what are the services that you can't live without? Is it Netflix? Is it Hulu? It, right now, you've got this explosion of all these different streaming services, and it's 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 not just Netflix and Hulu. It's um, I don't know. It's HBO Max and it's ESPN Plus, and it seems like everywhere you turn, there is an opportunity for you to stream stuff and spend thirteen or fourteen dollars a month, and my guess is it adds up pretty quickly. So 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is the streaming services or services that you absolutely have to have, particularly while we're all staying at home? And what is the stuff that you think that maybe you've had that you could just completely and totally get rid of? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I understand it's not the most pressing thing in the world, but while many of us are at home, one of the things that's out there is for watching television. There's more streaming services than ever, and, and they're starting to multiply like bunnies. And we're talking about you know, which ones you, you can't live without. We've had Netflix for a while. I, I've got Amazon Prime. I don't watch that very much, but my wife does a little bit. We just added Hulu because there were a couple things that she wanted to watch. And, and actually, there's a new show. There's a, a limited series that's premiering tonight um, about Phyllis Shafley, um, and it's on it's on FX on Hulu. So, you know, we've got it. Whether I'm going to keep Hulu once I have to start paying for it, I don't know. Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Um, I tend to limit myself to two streaming services at once, um, but the one I can't really, really can't live without right now is YouTube television, which is kind of like downloading a uh, cable system and using it in your, your PS4 or smart TV. And the right. reason for that is because I, I can get current shows um, like Better Call Saul, which has been awesome lately. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it, it's, and thanks, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You know, it's interesting. I um. I, I, I've been watching a little bit of YouTube TV. I'm, I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan, and, and, and they, on Wednesday and Saturday nights, they air this, he's got this thing called Margaritaville TV, which is, is a streaming thing. It, it's free, but they, they show old concerts. So, I mean, that Wednesday and Saturday nights, I, I've been watching them. But you can also get that on, on Margaritaville TV. It, it also is on YouTube TV. So I, I can go on to my big screen TV in the living room, you know, activate the YouTube thing, and then I can watch it. And it's it's a kind of, kind of cool experience. Sean in Greenfield. Sean, you're on WTMJ. Hey, yeah, I got the Hi, streaming Sean. services in the cable. How you doing? Good. I'm good. Uh, good. I'm just more amazed at how much stuff there is on these services and cable that is just completely not watchable. <laughs> you know, there's there's well, some I, good shows, but there's a hand maybe two or three on each service, and then you're done. Well, I I will admit that okay. So I mean, Netflix, for example, has this. I mean, there, there there's hundreds, probably thousands of things on Netflix, and I I do admit that more than once I found myself sitting there just going through all the stuff, going no. No, 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 yeah, no. 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 Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, you know, th- thanks for calling. What's I appreciate? I mean, what, what's the old, you know, like the old song, like fifty-seven channels and nothing on. And, it, and again, maybe it's just like the the mood it catches me in, or or whatever. And I and I like Netflix. I would. I just got done with five seasons of their this this thing about this this Irish gang in the nineteen twenties called Peaky Blinders. And I just got done with that. And right now there's. It's a it's a BBC show called Broadchurch, which aired. It's it's really well done. It aired for three years. I just finished the first year. That's what I'm going to go to next. So there's all sorts of stuff that, that's out there, but it, it is amazing. It's kind of like no, no, no. Eh, I don't want to watch that. No, I've seen that. Let's talk to Anne in Dowsman. Anne, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Anne. Yeah, we we um, decided to cut the cord. Actually, okay. about a year little more than a year when I retired because it was getting to be so expensive. We were paying over $200 a month for cable, uh, phone, and Internet. And um, we cut cable. We got rid of our home phone because who really needs that? And uh, went to Hulu Live, 
which right. has all of your uh, your mostly your all of your cable channels, and then you pay a little bit extra to get some of the extra ones, like the cooking channels and right. uh, history, and I forget what what else is on there. But uh, so for like seventy dollars, you get Hulu Live, and you get all you know all the rest of yeah. Hulu, and right. saving close to a hundred bucks a month. So you don't feel like, like you're 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 missing out on stuff in the world by not having not having Netflix and HBO and Showtime and all that stuff. Uh, not really. We you know we didn't watch it before. Um, yeah. I have I tried Netflix, and I may get that again because there are some things on there that I like to watch. Yeah. But like your basic is only seven ninety nine a month, so you're still yeah. saving dollars over cable. Yep. 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 So, I understand. Thanks for calling. And, no, I mean, I, no, I mean, here, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is amazing how all this stuff adds up because you, you've got your cable and then if you've got the pay stuff added to that and then you, you start adding in the, the Netflix and like I say, the Amazon Prime that, that comes with the Amazon. There's other, there's other reasons to have Amazon Prime besides the, 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 the TV stuff, but you've got that and then there's, then there's the Hulu, and there's all these different things that are out there. I, I just, I, I mean, at, at some point, and, and of course, we're not talking about like the Disney Plus that's out there, and the HBO Max, and you know, the ESPN has its own streaming service. And uh, what got me started on this is there's a um, there's a big piece in the Wall Street Journal two days ago that that runs through like 14 or 15 of these different channels. I mean, Disney Plus, okay, they rolled this out. And that's, you know, if you want the Marvel movies or you want the Disney stuff, $7 a month, $70 a, a year. And ESPN Plus, $50 a year if you want that. Now, you can bundle it with the Disney and things like that. NBC is coming out with this Peacock streaming service. Uh, I don't know that they've announced the cost of that yet. And then, of course, you know, you've, you've got Apple TV, which is of a lesser cost. But, you know, it, it's one after another after another. And there's all these things that are out there. But my guess is even if you go this route, like me, you'll probably find yourself sometimes just sitting there going, no, don't feel in the mood for that. Don't feel in the mood um, for that. Here's a couple texts. Jeff, I love it when millennials say, hey, man, I cut the cord, and then they add up their multiple streaming services, and it comes out to be um, more than cable. Jeff, Netflix has thousands of shows, but few must-see ones. Amazon is similar, which helps me turn off the TV and open up a book. I've been an avid reader all my life, so it's easy for me, but so many are addicted TV, to TV. See, my problem is I, I, I've got the... I, I'm addicted to all of it, and I'm kind of a multitasker. So I'll sit, I'll have the TV on, I'll, I'll be kind of watching that, but I'll also have my book. And, and one of the, I guess one of the, the good things about being stuck at home is not just that I get to spend more time with my wife and my dog, but it's also that I, I've been I've been working my way slowly through this whole listed stack of books that I've been meaning to read. I'm going to finish one tonight, and it's and so I mean it's given me more time to read, and, and that's a good thing. Jeff, I have uh, I mostly have Amazon Prime Video because I love to watch The Saint with Roger Moore. However, I also have Disney and Netflix, but I keep forgetting to cancel and keep getting billed at the most inappropriate moments. Yeah, that's it. Richard and Watertown says, um, we have no streaming services and don't feel the need for anything. Yeah, that's it. Jeff, I have Voodoo linked to my PayPal account, and I noticed a $20 charge for Voodoo I didn't know about. So I asked my wife 
wife, and she didn't know it either. We figured out that my 16-month-old granddaughter got a hold of the remote and bought a full season of the great Christmas light fight that had aired on ABC. Lesson learned. Um, Yes, lesson learned. Jeff, I have for several years had the 63 local over-the-air channels, plus Internet, plus Netflix, plus Amazon, plus Sling TV, um, and sometimes share one of my kids' Hulu accounts. That's plenty for me, and I often don't watch any of them, especially with good radio like WTMJ. Well, that's you know that, that, that's what, that's what we're here for, and that's what we're always going to be here for. So in any event, I, it's just I only bring this up because my guess is we we've kind of we, we we've slipped into these different things, and I think people have been adding different stuff. Like like I say, we, we've got Hulu now. Whether I keep it, I don't know. But they're, I mean, they're rolling out this thing that sounds interesting to me about Phyllis Schafly. If you don't remember Phyllis Schafly, she was, it, it's it's all about the, the movement to try to get the Equal Rights Amendment passed. And she was a conservative female activist who, who fought ag- against it. And, and I'm kind of curious to see it. So first couple episodes are dropped tonight. Now, I'll probably watch some of it tonight. But, you know, is it enough to make me keep it? No. Once this all ends, I promise I'm definitely going to start going through our bills with with a scalpel trying to say, do, do I really use this enough to justify it? My advice is maybe you can do the same. Back with more in just a minute. It's 154. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Unlike our governor, whose reaction is to close stuff down and to continue to keep it closed down, governors in other states, particularly even states that have been hit harder perhaps by COVID-19 than we have, are at least at this point in time coming out with, with plans and projections and giving businesses an idea as to when and under what circumstances they will be allowed to reopen. For example... California, which has been, uh, you, you had an early outbreak of COVID-19 in San Francisco, and they, they implemented their safer at home or stay at home sort of policies, and what they found is that the, the increase has leveled out. The governor of California, um, who is a Democrat, if you want to play the politics of this thing, I mean, he, he recognizes that you can't just leave stuff closed down forever, and he, in particular, you know, he's out there talking about, okay, this is what I want to see happen. And he, he's actually said that, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, over over the next two weeks, we might even be able to start reopening restaurants, reopening restaurants. And, and this is what he says. He says, look, here, here's what I think that we're going to have to do. It's going to be a gradual thing, but this is my plan to reopen restaurants, and maybe we can even do it within the next two weeks. He said, first of all, I would require, the restaurants would be required to take the temperatures of customers at the door. So you'd, you'd have to have your temperature taken. Um, they would require servers to wear masks and gloves, they would require the restaurant to reduce the number of tables by 50% to increase physical distancing, so you'd be further apart, and you would have to provide disposable menus. So that, that's, that's his plan to try to start getting stuff opened, taking customers' temperatures at the door, wearing masks and gloves on the part of the servers, 
reducing the tables by 50% and disposable menus. And he said, if we do that, I would feel comfortable, you know, allowing the, these bars and restaurants to reopen. All right. And again, not today, not tomorrow, but given the numbers they're looking at, he said, look, this is, I think this is my plan, how to gradually do it. All right. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is that, is that a reasonable way to start getting bars and restaurants open? And should we go down that route here if it gets restaurants and bars open sooner? Cut physical capacity by 50%. Take people's temperatures as they are going in. Servers have to wear gloves and masks and then disposable menus. Would that make you inclined to, more inclined to go into a restaurant or a bar? And do you think that would be a reasonable step to, again, start the process of getting back to normal? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this unreasonable? And when you say the the thermometers and all, my my guess is, my guess is that you're, you're probably not going to be sticking something in your mouth. It would be one of those like infrared thermometers that that, that they use, where they just kind of point it at you and and get what the reading is. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Would you be willing to do something like this? And and do you think something like this would work? I I will tell you that as somebody who misses going out to restaurants, who has a lot of friends who work in the hospitality industry, if Governor Evers were to say, look, this is this is what you need to do to be able to open these restaurants in, in a week and a half, I would be willing to do it. And candidly, I think I would be comfortable going into a restaurant if if there were these different requirements or a bar. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this, this is what they're looking at doing in California. Is this a recipe for getting bars and restaurants open sooner rather than later in Wisconsin? My answer would be, I think it's got some promise. Do I like the idea of the, the temperature? Do I think that's intrusive? Yeah, I, I do. But on the other hand, if that's what it takes, I, I'm, I'm willing to say, okay, I, I don't have a fever. Is this going to be perfect? No, because there's still some people who might be asymptomatic who go in. But again, you're you're reducing the likelihood that you're going to get it. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Good idea, bad idea, we discuss. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're just tuning in, Governor of California, unlike the governor of Wisconsin, he's out with proposals. He says, look, I know we gotta get this I know we gotta get this state reopened, and we're looking at the numbers, and here's what our plan is. Restaurants and bars, you know, we think if the numbers continue to be where they are, within the next ten days, two weeks, we're gonna be able to reopen restaurant bars with these conditions. Deal is that you know they're going to have to check the temperature of patrons when they go in, that uh, the servers are going to have to wear masks and gloves, disposable menus, and capacity is going to be cut by 50%, so you got to spread out the people. All right, would, would, does that sound reasonable, at least as a way to start, to get businesses reopened? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Chris in Cedarburg. Chris, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I agree completely with you. We are going to have to take the leap some sometime, somehow. 
And since we're not going to, you know, God is not going to give us a phone call telling us exactly what is the right time. Um, these businesses, I don't know how much longer they can hang on or their employees. So we're going to have to make the step. And if people are uncomfortable, then, or you're in a high risk group, then stay home and keep, you know, you know, do what you have to do. But we have to start somewhere. Well, yeah, and you know, you make a really good point about people in the high risk group. Now, I fully recognize that just because we start opening up some of these places doesn't mean that everybody's going to flock back. And 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 candidly, I mean, for a short, for at least a period of time, I understand if if I was eighty eight years old and I I had you know some pre existing health conditions, well, I, I I'd be thinking real, yeah, exactly about whether I even if I love going out to eat, I'd be thinking real heavy about that. But for an otherwise healthy person, given that there's no guarantees in, in life, and if you like to go out to eat, yeah, I, I, I think this is a reasonable thing. And, and candidly, I, I'd be willing to do that. If they, they want to shoot me with one of those infrared temperature things to make sure I'm not running a fever, I, I'm willing to do it. And does that mean that somebody somewhere might have, you know, might be a carrier? I'm willing to take that risk, I guess. We've got to start living life. Right. And, you know, like I said, some of these small businesses, I hope they will be able to come back. But we're going to have to open the doors and start somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Thanks for the call, Chris. Now, I, I have a texter here who says, well, how long do you think any of these restaurants, bars, can last opening at 50% capacity? Um, well, I, I don't know. But I would tell you, my guess is allowing places to open and operate at 50% capacity gives them a lot greater chance of succeeding than telling them that they can't be open a- at all. Now, I, look, I fully understand it's in the first hour of the program. There's, there's a couple restaurants that have been around this area for decades, and I'm, I'm talking about 20, 30, 40 years, and, and they're, they're already saying that unless something happens in the next week or so, uh, they're, they're they're afraid they're going to close and they're not going to be able to reopen. So, I mean, I, I understand. Is it an ideal situation to say, you know, you reopen at 50% capacity? No, of course it's not. But, but I think it's a way of easing into it. One of the things we are not doing in Wisconsin is we are not seeing what the path out of this is. We're, we're not setting, we've got the governor saying, no, I'm going to shut stuff down for another month. You know, regardless of what the numbers say, we're going to be shut down for another month. Where I think what we should be saying is, no, we're going to figure out how to get stuff open. We're going to do it in a measured and a reasonable way. And these are the things. So businesses, you know, get prepared. And, and that's, if nothing else, that's what comes from the governor of California. He's saying to the bars and restaurants, okay, this this is the criteria that we're going to have. So now you you know this. So start figuring it out. Figure out how you're going to reconfigure the restaurants. Figure out how you're going to reconfigure the bar stools. Figure out you know where are you going to get the thermometer and how you're going to do this and who you're going to do you know, who's going to do it. But at least this is our path out of it. Bill in Greenfield. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Bill. Sure. Uh, I was just I was telling, telling your screener that uh, I'm an essential worker. I, I drive a truck and deliver tires. And I do have a couple of places where I deliver tires to that take your temperature before you're allowed on the property. And, yeah, as well as infrared type of things, it's, you know, yeah. painless. They ask you a few questions. They take your temperature, and they say, go ahead. Um, the other thing, though, as far as the disposable menus, Rather than send them back with the waitress, if they could just keep them, you know, let the customer keep them, that mm-hmm. way there's no chance of being reused. 
Yeah, or, 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 or yeah, even not even have open up. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate. It. Or even not even have menus. Put put them up on a put put what put the menu up on a chalkboard that that's you know and it, that that's in you know that that you go past or or whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you could end up you know that you could end up doing this as a way to open stuff up. Hey, a number of people are texting me about the thermometer stuff, which I, I acknowledge taking the temperature. That sounds like the most in, intrusive aspect of this. But we're we're not talking about the old fashioned thing where mom comes out and she's got the thermometer with the uh, mercury in it or whatever and puts it in your mouth. I mean, Jeff, I work part time at Walmart. They take our temperature when we come in with one of these infrared things. It takes ten seconds. It's it's no big deal. All right. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, I'm not sure taking temperature would be effective. Just read an article saying people with COVID-19 are most contagious the days before exhibiting symptoms. Right. And, and that's that's always going to be the reality that's out there. This is this is not a perfect situation. But I mean, here's, here's what I would say um, that you could you could run into somebody I mean, we don't take your temperature now before you go into, you know, the the Metro Mart or before you go into the hardware store or before you go into, you know, the, you know Walmart or, or Costco. And we, we don't take your temperature now. We kind of count on, we recognize that there might be somebody who has, you know, one of these symptoms and might be a carrier that you're going to interact with. So, I mean, it, it's not a perfect type of situation, but the reality is you can always come into contact with somebody who has coronavirus. And the point I keep making is that you know coronavirus isn't going to go away. There's always going to be, at least until we get the cure or the vaccine or the treatment, there's going to you're going to run the risk that you could you could get this. Just like there's the risk that you could get the flu, and I understand it's different than the flu, but there's always these risks that are out there, and you have to kind of balance these things out. And again, as I was saying just a minute ago, I appreciate and understand that if you're somebody who's in one of those higher-risk groups, all right, maybe you're going to be thinking long and hard about, okay, given until we get that vaccine or until we get that treatment, do I, do I want to be going and sitting in the restaurant? Okay, and, and that, that's, that's certainly a factor for you to decide, even if the servers are wearing masks and gloves and, and even if you're, you're physically separated. Okay, but that's the calculation you're probably making about going out at, at all, going to the grocery stores or, or whatever. On the other hand, if you have somebody who is otherwise healthy, you know, in their, their 30s or 40s, Right. Their, their risk calculation may be different. They might say, hey, th- this is, I understand that there might be somebody who's asymptomatic, who's still carrying this, and, and I might be exposed to them, but you know what? I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to balance it out. This is, I, I think, one of the things that, I, I guess, th- we have to have a plan coming out of this. We're getting nothing from Madison right now. The, the reaction is, we're closing this down, we're closing this down, we're closing this down. Well, I want to start hearing, when are we going to start opening the things up, and how are are we going to do it? Because you've got to give businesses time to prepare. And in the hospitality industry, which has just been crippled by the, the shutdown, this this seems to me like a reasonable plan to start moving forward. And and it's not like the governor has to say we're going to do this tomorrow. I get it. You want to watch the numbers, but given where the numbers are, for example, in the state of Wisconsin, assuming that they continue on the trend that they're at. There, there's just there's no reason why we shouldn't be considering doing some of these things, and l- let's just for once let's let's be proactive and let's tell these businesses, okay, these are the things that we want you to do, and if you do them, fine, we're going to let you open. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.